All right. Uh, so my podcast tonight is with Brett Figura, and uh, um, I'm glad you came out, man. I, I listened to some of your music. I, I dug it. Uh, I really like like anything that, that's, that's out of the ordinary. I got like a, a style to it, especially like rockabilly. Like that stuff's super cool. I mean, like it, it has a whole, I don't know, you know, people don't know what that is. It's, it's huge in Europe from what oh, yeah. I hear. And like they're driving vintage cars and the, they've got the pompadours and the whole thing. And um, I think the biggest mainstream rockabilly would be like, Stray Cats or something like that would be a... They were huge in the 80s. Yeah, right. Brian Setzer's done yeah, his right. own thing for a while. Yeah, he's got the Brian Setzer Orchestra now, right? He switched to, like, something more... Uh, like the Jump Blues. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but so what, what else would be Rockabilly? Because I'd, like... Sure. I like it when... Like, Tom Petty will do some Rockabilly stuff every once in a while, but it, I wouldn't consider his music Rockabilly. Right. Yeah, he's kind of... Yeah, well, he you, know, you can find him on alt stations. You can find him anywhere. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites for sure. But uh, so, what else would be? What would someone know that was rockabilly? Um, the latest uh, in the past few years that uh, XRT was heading good things. Did McPherson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they were playing that. That's XRT is pretty much the other station that I'm listening yeah. to. You that are. Uh, uh, XM radio, which is something similar, like Spectrum or something like that. But, uh, um, so, all right. So, I had your brother on, yes, yeah. the chef up at Trails uh, Edge, and um, I know your other brother, Sean. Mm-hmm. I got to get Sean on. Sean, yeah. like, and, and, and I think he like uh, got a little perturbed with me because, like, I, you know, like to come at him with the uh, like debunk. Like, I'm a skeptic. So, yeah, yeah. The the conspiracy <laughs> theory stuff that he digs. Like, I, I like that he digs it, and I like to, like, read about it. But for me, like, every, I don't believe in anything. Like, yeah. there's no, like, you know, I don't believe in, uh, you know, ghosts or angels or none of that shit. Like, it's all just hokey bullshit. I mean, if someone had crystals, I'd be like, yeah, it's junk. It's just crap. Uh, but, you know, and I'm not saying that Sean believes in any of that. But, you know, he does, like, like a conspiracy theory here and there. And I like when someone brings a conspiracy theory that I didn't. Like never heard of before, you know what I mean? And then like going to it because they make you think or whatever. But uh, so I got to get Sean on. But uh, you guys are like different cats as far as that goes. Like you guys have like uh, you know uh, I, I, I guess I kind of a free spirited sort of like you know thing. You're doing your own thing all the time. Uh, you guys must have been raised a different way than like how were the parents like? Uh, what like what did they do? That that's you guys are like music and question. food and. <laughs> Which is pretty funny because I, I would say pretty normal. Um, a lot of Sean and Kristen's friends uh, frequented the house because their homes, from what I knew, a lot of them were, were breaking up, you know. Oh, yeah, divorcing, divorcing sure, sure. you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. a lot of latchkey kids, you yep, know. I was, yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our parents were welcoming. Of having the friends over, I'm sure part of it was you know just knowing who yeah. your kids are hanging out with and yeah 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 them. right. Um, but otherwise, you know, our, our parents are still together. Yeah, all that sort of thing. That's great. Healthy relationships and all that sort of thing. Uh, the only thing I could say is um, music was a part of the family all the time. 
Now, what do you mean by that? Like, were they just playing music, or were they encouraging you to play music? Um, both. Uh, our parents were uh, working musicians. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they were in oh, a so wedding that's... band together. Nice. With uh, some other, um, with my dad's cousin, uh, and some other people. But uh, that, by the time I was old enough to know about any of it, uh, they had ceased kind of doing that. Yeah. Um, but my older two brothers probably have more memories of that than I do. But yeah. my mom would still play guitar and sing around the house. And That's awesome. There was yeah. always music yeah. on um, and all that sort of thing. So um, Chris, I believe, he played saxophone for a little while when he was young in grade school. Okay. Sean, if I remember correctly, had a guitar at some point. Um, but we all very uh, avid music appreciators constantly seeking out new music and sure. uh, listening to music all the time. Right, right, right. Um, my mom also uh, was really good at drawing and that sort of thing. And she encouraged us to draw. And yeah, so super right, 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 right. Usually right. just, you know, pass the time and stuff like that. It yeah. was never like, you know, let's artists. Right, right, right. You right, know, right, like, right. but no. it was encouraged, you know, instead of like watching yeah. yeah, create something. Yeah, so Sean was a great artist. Um, I started drawing really young. Um, I was exposed to a lot of music also through my two older brothers. And, well, besides my parents. But, uh, sure. So what, what kind of music were you into when you were a kid? Well, a lot of it was, you know, influenced by everybody else of course so like my parents were of course magic 104 was big station yeah so oh my god and, yeah so early on i heard you know uh, all that stuff for the 50s rock and roll yep Motown, right i still like that stuff now i don't really you know, music's weird now like uh there seemed to be a little bit of time there where new stuff that was coming out wasn't that great but there's so much good stuff like music wise coming out now that like it's hard to drop back and listen to stuff i mean like i i definitely stay away from the hair band stuff but when i hear it, i still like it like i'm like yeah like uh, i mean i should listen to it sometime like the first two crew albums yeah right like all that stuff i mean and then the times that i had with friends and stuff going up the alpine valley or you know the what whatever it is now the twitter center or whatever but uh you know but there's so much like and kids now are different too i know that i listen to my dad's music like a lot of simon and garfunkel a lot of loving spoonful and like all that kind of like hippie stuff and then some r&b stuff and everything else motown but i don't think most guys growing up listen to like their parents music i think i was the oddball in that one as far as that went my dad was like you know there was always music i mean we didn't have much, you know, growing up in the square, but we did have a stereo and, you know, he had a big record collection, stuff like that. But, uh, so, you know, so, but nowadays, like my sons will listen to anything, anything at all. And nowadays it's a lot different it's too, because like your stuff I was listening to is on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a terrific way. Almost anybody can get in there and just make some sounds. And I mean, there's some really abstract stuff on there oh, if, you, yeah. if you look for it. But, uh, yeah, so growing up, then you were obviously high school band stuff and everything else. 
um, at Drumline. Uh, was that? Was that yeah, yeah. So um, probably starting about the fourth grade, I got interested in drums and wanting to play. And I remember about that time trying out for the like the grade school band or some other play drums. And um, I got. <laughs> they they mark me down. Usually they have you like do a little tryout, right? And then they mark me down for like a bunch of players. Yeah. At least they did back then. And they mark me down for like clarinet or some woodwind. <laughs> so I was kind of like soured by the whole band experience early on. And then we came high school and one of my friends, uh, his name's Kevin Browse. Um had really at that point uh I had been playing just drum set by myself uh, without instruction for a couple of years <clears throat> in junior high. And he really encouraged me to try out for the Link Away drum. Yeah. I didn't know how to read music. I didn't know anything. And did they, so I mean, if you're in the, I was never in the, the band, high school band. Yeah. If you're in the high school band, do they teach you like how to read music and stuff like that? Is that part of being in the high school band? Um. Is that yes, music sort of. different, right? Like you watch Ray, the yeah. Ray Charles movie, and that guy just pretty much learned it, you know, like by year or whatever. Obviously, you know, see, but, uh, like it, well, he wasn't reading music the, the way that somebody would that could see would, right? But uh, that is that part of it. Yeah, that's well, a lot of the kids that were in it already knew how to read. They were already experienced either in grade school band and had learned that route, or were getting private lessons. And, so right. A lot of the kids that were there. So what I walked into was what they called like a, it was like a spring training thing. So what they would do, our instructor, his name is Mark Josher. At the time, he would put um, plywood on the on the on the chairs and rest these plywood. There's these long desks essentially. Okay. And he'd have these music exercises, these drum exercises in this book that he put together, which I still have. Um, and uh, we'd play through all these tunes, some of these, uh, he would have these exercises running to uh, uh, created tunes that he made through like a MIDI synthesizer system. Okay. And then some of it was to actual tunes, like a Eric Clapton tune, Robert Gray tune. Well, that's good. That's better than Mary Had a Little Lamb. Right. right. But it was super effective because I didn't know how to read. There was uh, uh, something to play along to. Right. And then I could actually, like, watch the other kids and figure out the sticking and the patterns and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And probably one of the first weeks or two there, you know, he realized I didn't know how to read. Yeah. Um, he tore out the, like, the cover of... Uh, sheet music, like the staff book that had the whole breakdown of the notes. It's like here, you know, yeah. learn this basically. Okay. And it had the the the, uh, the breakdown of the the counts of each note and the rests and all that. So stuff. yeah, so, so I mean, drums that's a little stuff. different, right? You're not yeah. like, you know, in a key or in a, right. you know, or, or you're not like trying to harmonize or something like that. You're just keeping time, sort of thing, right? Right. It's like you and the bass player are the guys, you know, the rhythm section of the band, right? As far as that goes, or I mean. Yeah, it, well, uh, the way the drum line breaks down is uh, you have your snare drums, mm -hmm. 
they could be different. Four drums, five drums, six drums, three. Yeah. Um, bass drums. Um, I think while I was there, we had a section of five bass drummers, a section of six, seven, maybe. Um, you have a cymbal line sometimes, and then you have the pit, which plays all mostly the, all the melodic stuff on the keyboard. Right, right, right. All that sort of stuff. Timpani. Sure. Concert percussion and all that sort of stuff. Now, how about like. Um being a drummer now and then that's what you still do now right like mm -hmm. who's the vocals on the first soundcloud one that you got on there the it's like uh it starts out kind of surfy and then like it's like some punk sound in vocals is that you probably not okay all right <laughs> um, okay. and I, i'm some, not like, sure what hardcore because oh, there's was... a mix of stuff on my yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll have to but uh um uh, do, do you do vocals from the from the drums or no? Rarely. Not Phil Collins, right? Yeah, no, I'm not that good. Uh, I, I appreciate any time. Yeah, that's, that's all I feel really comfortable. Every once in a while, I have I have some lead vocals on a few things. Nothing like recorded, but just live shows for fun, doing like cover stuff. A sure. Years ago, we did a Flash. Uh, oh, that's cool. Thing, yeah. and I sang uh, Boston Supermarket, no, something like that. I sang, I sang one of the tunes. But, um, now, okay, so drums. I was, I always wondered. I saw like uh, Phil Collins. We were just, you know, thinking about that when he sings and he's and he's playing the drums. How is that on your body? Because like. He looked like he had some jacked up forearms, and I'm guessing that was from drumming. I don't know, but like, it, it seems like drumming would be the only one that you can't do that when you're 80 or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be a tougher gig to do. You know? Yes and no, depending on the techniques you're using. So okay. a lot of it is just uh, in the wrist yeah. motions, and literally you create a fulcrum of sort of lever between your fingers okay so you're just using these mechanisms so there's no you know, like you know, like repetitive motion or you know is there something from the shock you know what i mean like so coming from the construction area sure. uh if you get a all metal hammer they pound nails real well but they also destroy your elbow in the process right uh where a fiberglass one takes up some of the shock is there any of that going on in the drumming yeah. Only if you're doing it, I don't want to say poorly. Yeah, right, you know, right, like bad technique. Right, yeah, sure. So it's all about technique. It's all about utilizing the bounce and the rebound to create the next action. Okay, okay. So that you're not forcing every action to happen. Yeah, right, 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 um, right. In and of itself, you know? <laughs> I got the cap. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no. right. Try and get up here at once. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, there's other techniques where the, you are using more of your arm. Okay. Uh, there's the molar, te molar technique where there's this sort of swooping arm motion. Um, and what's that for? Just to try and keep different time? Or? You know, I, I haven't looked into it enough. I've looked into it a little bit because certain techniques will give you different tone qualities, different okay. re rebounding actions and that sort of thing. Um, there's an effect with this molar technique where you can essentially do like a one-handed roll hmm. because of the action that you're getting. 
Right. The well, the one-handed, uh, the Def Leppard guy, I don't know how that, he plays the two feet then, right? That's yeah. what he's doing? Yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty damn amazing. Uh, so, you know, that, that stuff's, it's neat. And to me, it's like, uh, I try to do as much as I can with my sons, you know, my kids, but the music things we didn't do. Like I, my, uh, I don't know if I talked about this before on a podcast, but my grandfather's dad so my great-grandfather came from germany and he required all of his kids to play an instrument and which yeah right i wish that they would have kept that going because it would have been you know something neat uh my dad's generation you know their whole family i don't think i don't know who plays anything but it wasn't required at all yeah uh i don't think my grandfather was that thrilled with the fact that he was required to he played like the clarinet or something like that and uh then we, you know, I think I took one summer of guitar and then that was it. But I had a couple of buddies that played drums and stuff like that. I mean, to teach, I see these videos now with these little kids. There's like an eight-year-old kid. He's like just tearing up like a Led Zeppelin song. How long does it take to teach someone how to play, you know, uh, something not not too insane, but like some basic, like a basic, you know, like the, I, you see, the, I hear conflicting stories that like Ringo Starr, was a really good drummer and then i hear stories that he was really just a simple simple drummer as far as that goes so i don't know where you fall on that but watching him play in the early beatles stuff he's got like three drums like he's got almost nothing going on there uh so like how long would it take someone to play like you know i want to hold your hand or something like that which is not a you know great drummer song i mean it depends on the student and all but you know the younger, the better, always, you know. Yeah. They're usually more open to suggestions and listening and <clears throat> that sort of, and they just absorb, like, Now, um, do they all play something? Um, my oldest plays drums. Nice. He picked up quickly, um, strangely, freakishly quickly. Nice, and nice, like the age of three, it's just kind of had a natural knack for it. The middle guy, um, he's taking piano lessons. Just turned 11. Right, right. And uh, my youngest, uh, he's eight. And at some point, he shows interest in singing. So he probably, you know, take vocal Vocals, yeah. Piano. Yeah, um, right, right. So I always thought piano would be like, so I, I took my little summer of guitar and stuff like that with uh, Mr. Keith Cohen. And, uh, oh, okay. yeah. He was terrific. He's still playing. Is he? Yeah. No, you, you, you've seen him around? Uh, I, I've seen him on Facebook, but I've not yeah. seen him play. But he plays in like a Steely Dan cover band, uh, Elton John. Nice, like, nice, nice, nice. He's a good guy who was super enthused about. Yeah. Like, you couldn't, you great. couldn't be around him to not be enthused about. He's a really good music. Teacher. Yes, yes, very good. Uh, but um, so the you know, how do you get marked down as a drummer? Like you know. When, when you're like the evaluating thing, when someone's evaluating, because I mean, you would think like, you know, from the Muppets, animals, the drum, right? Like you gotta be like the kid that can't sit still or like, because everyone else is doing something kind of not super physical where the drummer is like, you know, really going yeah. to town as far as far as that so, goes. So like, how, how does one yeah, how, become if interested? Looking at, if you were looking at your- How do you peg a drummer? Right, if you're looking at your kids and you said, all right, you're gonna be the drummer. How would you end up like, you know, working that out for me it wasn't obvious i just i kind of just wanted to i don't know yeah. that i was hitting stuff or like sure 
And it, and it came later. You know, now, once you were a drummer, you're hitting everything all the time, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of friends yeah. that weren't. It was like in class constantly. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, and it's almost contagious because you want to start like trying to like do a little you know, beat that he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay. So, you know, you're, you're a young guy drumming. I took my summer guitar with Mr. Pete Cohen and I always thought like when I got older, like as far as girls went, piano would be the like, fantastic like, mm-hmm. If you could sit down and play piano, that would for sure get like, you know, you in with the girl. Yes, right, right, right. It just seemed like, and then as an adult, I went to a couple of piano bars and super cool. Like, I mean, neat stuff. Uh, I think there's not enough appreciation for music nowadays. I, I, I don't, I think people, I don't know, like have it on or something like that. And like, I used to be such a music snob, like as far as like, that's crap like that like and i'm like not because like because i listened to public enemy no problem uh love me some johnny cash uh but like i'm all over the place as far as style goes it'd never be a style that would make me think it was crap it would just be like not even bad artist punk is some bad artist oh my god they're terrible artists but like you could, if you can just feel like they're going for something, then then I got it. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think I'd want the suicidal tendencies to play a recital for me, but some pretty cool like lyrics and the stuff that they're I saying. Just a little today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, so like, but there's junk out there that people will listen to, and I hate to like pick up my sons, but they always listen to like SoundCloud stuff, and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's rap that they're listening to. And it's like, I'm like, all right, I've listened to three minutes of this song. And all I've gotten is like cock and balls and pussy. And like, and I'm like, hey, I think he's just saying these words to like shock you or something right. like that. And I'm done. Like, this yeah. is no good. Um, so like, I mean, I don't know, like, obviously you appreciate music. Uh, the, I, like, I saw the, you guys had some kind of leisure suits on or something like that in the uh, one photo that's on the the real gone. Uh, you got like, it looks like just, uh, a zebra skin or something like on the lapel. Oh yeah, that's our bass player. Oh, is that okay? Uh, we got a red jacket. Yeah. Zebra skin. Mm-hmm. But to your, to your point on, on the music, um, you know, I've had conversations with a few friends I mean, there's so much content out there now because there's so many platforms mm-hmm. for people to um, get their material out there. So curating all the content, you don't have the curation that sort of radio and a record label will do to seek out the artists who are who have something to say. Yeah, right. Um, so anybody that has anything to say can put it out. And then um, we don't have... We have a lot of platforms for music critique out there. Um, Online-wise, you can find all sorts of uh, online magazines. Yeah, right. Forums and that sort of thing to discuss music. But uh, what it boils down to is, is there passion behind the performance? Is mm-hmm. Are you selling me? Yeah. Are you, you know, sell it to me. Well, Make me much, a believer how in much, what you have right, to say. How much of what you do, though, is... 
Like, and I don't like. I don't like that kind of sound. Like, there's a certain part of what you do that's probably like, man, if we could just make a buck with this, like, there's got to be a way better thing to do for a living than anything else. As far as like, you know, if you're a guy、uh, working at a grocery store or and playing in a band, you'd much rather make your living playing in that band.、Right. <laughs> um, so like, and, and like nowadays, the industry's got to be. And you came through in a really a time where you probably saw both. Like、yeah. when we were teenagers, garage bands and stuff like that, and you get some gigs, and then someone hears you and blah. Well, it's not really that way anymore. Everything's on the internet, and everything、yeah. is out there. And then the other thing is, is like、uh, the revenue stream is a completely different thing now、oh, yeah. from the way it was. I remember being、uh, late teens, early twenties. And if a band was in a commercial, they were sellouts.、Right. Just now, yeah, I'll hear the song on a Jared's Diamond commercial before I hear it on the radio because they sold it to the you know to get the, to get that. Which, like bands like the Black Keys and stuff, where I have tons of respect for, do all kinds of commercial work. Yeah, as yeah. far as that goes. Wait, yeah, because you you can't make your money on the recording. Right. You know that nobody's buying. I mean. CDs, buying, but, right, right. You know they're not necessarily buying the hard copy. They're either streaming it,、mm-hmm. or you know maybe if you're doing some deluxe packaging or LP packaging, vinyl.、Um, but it's kind of niche, so you're making your money doing you know, commercial stuff. And I'm not even an expert on it. Right. Other people have done this better, but um, uh, you know, touring. Yeah. Right. 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 They got to sell tickets. Sell merch. Yep. Tickets. And, right. Sort of so now I, you sent me a link with a bunch of stuff that you were into, and I, and I, and I checked it out on the, on the different links.、Um, you got your hand in a bunch of different things, going a bunch of different、yeah. directions. So like, like I had Bill Kenny on, and he's like, "Yeah, we're not even close to done. Like we're we're just going to keep going and doing what we do."、Yeah. And I think it's awesome. Like I, I I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't have anything. In their lives, and boy, it would be better if they had something just like that. Whether it comes to you know tuition or not, like fruition, that doesn't matter. You're just still doing what you're doing and enjoying your time. Now, the bands and stuff that you're the the real gone.、Yeah. How long has that been around? Yeah. And then now, what、uh, what have you done with that? Like, what's、uh, have you do you have some CDs and stuff like, or you know, albums that you put out? Or、um, we did do, I guess we did kind of more like EPs. Okay. Not like full. And it's original work, right? The stuff I listened to sounded, or the real guns not. No, actually, like see, you know, when I hear a cover, sometimes I don't even know it's a yeah, cover. Yeah, that's great. Right. right. right.、Um, so the the kind of impetus for that group was.、Um, I mean, do, you, do you want me to go into the kind of backstory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ahead, yeah.、Um, so, I was working at a newspaper. Yeah. Well, so, nowadays, I don't even know how that stays、uh, so、right. Because I mean, that's another show. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. But um, so uh, I was beginning a family with my wife, Danielle, <laughs>、uh, and. So our first son was coming along, and、um, I've been playing bands for some time. 
Sure. And most of it was all original material. Okay. Up until that point. Um, and then so I was kind of thinking, okay, well, you know, if I'm gonna be out playing music still, I gotta figure out a way to make money doing it. Right. You know, I yeah, gotta right. be in a working band. Sure. You know, so either it's gotta be like a wedding band or a cover band or a tribute band or make some dough. Right. So I figured at first uh, it'd be great to kind of do something that would have kind of like a creative outlet, an original twist, have mm-hmm. a little niche. Um, and I started talking to an old friend, his name's Tom McCluskey. McCluskey, he'd be a good guy to have on your show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, my friend Phil, who I've been, he's a guitarist, uh, Phil Azari, I've been playing with since high school okay. around much of the projects that I sent you. Uh, he had a party at his house and Tom and I got to talking about surf rock and our love for surf rock. Yeah. Um, which stems back from like back to my parents. Sure, 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 sure. Adventures and stuff right, like that. Right. And so we got to talking about maybe starting up a surf rock band and um, making that kind of like a like a working band playing old Covers. Of yeah, right, right, right. Adventures, Dick Dale, sure, the band sure, sure, the Shadows. Right. We had talked about this band called Man or Astro Man, which was a surf rock band out of the 90s. It was kind of like a resurgence of surf rock in the 90s and rock. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, we got that going as a three piece uh, myself, Tom Nazowski, and a, another fellow named Matt Schlachta, fantastic uh, guitarist. Um, and then we added in my buddy Phil later on and uh, started gigging around doing like car shows and things like that. Um, and soon found a niche doing events, uh, restaurants, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And You're like, going to kind of think out of the box as far as like that goes. I mean, the car show thing sounds like it would be the deal because you got the old vehicles out, out there and you're playing something that's kind of retro-y uh, yeah, tunes. You know? so. so we're trying to find environments that that fit the band's sort of niche that right. is, had a built-in audience that would appreciate that too. So, yeah, they kind of, you know, it worked out. Still right. going. And um, many lineup changes along the so way. I, so now you are, you are able to make a couple bucks pulling it up what I mean not so to get like because I'm not that it matters but what is a gig play what is a gig pay like if you did a you know uh, um, like you said a car show or something like that how do I mean what are they you know would they just throw you I don't know a couple hundred bucks or yeah it all depends on um, you know the amount of time we're playing um, the client's budget right Um, so there's always various negotiation that goes on depending on the event you know sometimes we got to measure okay is this some sort of event where we take a little bit of a loss because you know they'll ask us back maybe next year or you know maybe they don't have you know budget or something so it varies from from job to job but in you know in general we're each looking to me yeah right 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 for, for what you're doing, you're having fun anyway. So exactly. yeah, I mean, if you're making a hundred bucks extra, that that that's terrific. Uh, so okay, the real gone was the the one that I saw, and then what else is going on? What what uh, what what you know like? And I mean, where does 
something like that where it's not your original music, can you like produce something that that sells in a way that like with covers? Yeah. Well, what we did there was because um, what we're doing is we play a lot of the classic tunes by those artists. At yeah. Those right. events, and then what we do is take like what the Ventures did at the time. Popular music of the, of the time, contemporary artists, and then arrange that for surf rock. Convert it, right, 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 right. So that was like our our ML from the start. Um, right. To yeah, it's be too much, man. Just you know, so it'll be fine. That right? I'm surprised he's even here. Oh really? No, he likes everybody. Yeah, he's like my dog. Uh but but so okay, so like I always dug. Um, I took on punk music a while, and punk, they would always take regular rock songs and then turn them into a punk song as far as that went. And some of it was crap, but a lot of it was, like, really cool. They would, you know, just speed it up and, and you know, mm-hmm. like, there'd be some more screaming involved and right, stuff like right. that. And, you know, it was, it was good. Uh, so, I mean, the surf stuff and the, the rockabilly is exactly the same. Like, there should be no reason why yeah. you couldn't, uh, you, you know, totally differently. Um, and like I said, the the we're talking about before the podcast, the rockabilly stuff. I saw a whole documentary on rockabilly in Europe, and mm-hmm. like they are all dressed like '50s cats, and you know the girls are all in huge dresses, and they're driving you know '57 yeah. Chevys and stuff like that. Uh, and, like, yes, right, right. It's a, it's an, it's um, it's definitely a. Uh, like I said, anytime, just just down he goes. Uh, I, I learned my lesson the first time he jumped up there and I tried to like reject him from being up there I broke a bottle of bourbon that was on the table I'm like man I am never going to mess with that stupid cat again and he the first few podcasts he wasn't like he wasn't hip to what was going on so I would trick him onto my lap and then I would take him and like throw him in a closet or the bathroom and uh, now if he's like on my lap and I head there he's like oh no <laughs> I'm not getting that on. No. Uh, so okay. So anyways, back to the the the, 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 the you know actual topic. Um, yeah. To me, it seems like it's never too late for somebody. If somebody was 50 years old, and they're like, all right, I want to like start. You know, I I hear people say stuff like, well, I'm just not musical and everything like that. And right, doesn't matter. Right. In the time. Yeah, right, that's, right. That's what I did. Right, okay, and then, <laughs> right, and I, I believe that. Now, growing up, there were people that, like, could not dance. They just didn't have any rhythm as far as that goes. Uh, but I think that could be taught, right? Like, you could, you know. I think so, given the right teacher. Yeah, right. You know? right. I mean, uh, granted, like anything, some people don't have a knack for certain things more than others. You know, or some people are just going to put in more time, or some people are going to practice the right way. You know, solve yeah. problems along the way. Sometimes people repeat the same mistake over and over again instead of learning from it and correcting. Sure. You know, so they, all these other things like kind of factor in. I think into all of this. And like, I remember when I was young and uh, practicing and putting in the hours up in my bedroom. My brothers could probably attest to this, but. Um, and I didn't have a teacher at the time, but, you know, if if I was, you know, listening to Zeppelin or something, trying to play along or, or Motley Crue, which was mm-hmm. like 
the first stuff I was yeah, playing. Right. I was playing along with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee is who I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when I first started playing, Bonham, huh? not yet. No, I had to be uh, hit to John Bond. But um, you know, if I wasn't getting it right, I'd rewind the tape and play it again. Right. You know, right, I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that carried over from just uh, actual like regular school and like okay if i didn't get something correct yeah on my math or something i'd redo the problem or whatever i don't know right as a good student but you know i would you know i was self-disciplined enough to self-correct yeah right and, right, and right keep at it yeah you know, yeah instead right. that's like, what it takes i mean that's what everything takes as far as that goes i mean the uh you obviously had a love for it yeah as far as that and I, I haven't seen anybody or talked to anybody ever who is in a band and didn't absolutely love it. I mean, that's one of those things that I think is easy to, it's easy to, I don't want to say fail at, but not be successful, but keep doing it. Yeah. As far as sure. it goes. Like, I mean, I have uh, uh, family members who are, you know, they play music in pizza places and stuff like that and enjoy it. Yeah. It was having a good time. Uh, and there's got to be enough. Do you see like a drop off with young people now? Like I had uh, uh, Steve Custer on, and Steve has uh, like uh, uh, a school of rock kind of thing. He teaches kids how to play in bands and stuff. And I'm sure he does fine. But it seems like nowadays less kids would gravitate towards the instrument. It seems like too much work, where you could just sample stuff and you can just you know steal it. That opportunity is there, the technology. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You know, I I have friends that work at Dunham Guitars. Um, they seem to be champions. Yeah, Honestly, I'm doing yeah, that's good. good. Yeah. Um, in that school of rock, you know, my kids there. Right. Um, Steve, no, I'm, I'm screwing this up too, and I, I can't remember now. Uh, Steve's is like fine, fine tunes or. Mm. Uh, He's, I think he's in Shanahan. I'll oh, okay. look it up. Uh, uh, I apologize. Yeah, he's, he's got something that's similar to that, but he's not that. Okay. And uh, 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 I had a really nice time with the podcast with him. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, screw up, but uh, look up Steve, you know, as far as connecting me on social media. And But he, you know, they, they he teaches guitar. And he te- you know, they, there's different instructors there for, for everything. And then they do the whole thing where they put a band together. Yeah. And then, you know, you're in the band, which is great it's a way like i feel like nowadays the the world's getting to be a more and more lonely place as far as like everybody's living their lives through digital you know through social media and stuff like that um my son said they went to a party like three months ago and he goes it was weird i knew everybody there but i didn't know anybody there like everybody that's there i'm connected with them on instagram or whatever like that but like you know didn't actually talk to i'm like that really is weird because like i i did not grow up with that i think music would be a great way to it seems like bands that are unsuccessful have a better chance of like staying together like you just keep playing because you're playing but then there's money and all that stuff involved that goes and every right uh so yeah there's almost like a blessing in disguise there so i mean your bandmates and stuff like that like you guys it's got to be great when you get together because everybody in the real gone's got another job yeah right 
So, I mean, you're just happy to be doing this rather than the job that you're doing, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, so, you know, like, it, that sounds great. Like, I had a guy, a jiu-jitsu guy on, and it was the same thing. Like, these people, it, this is their fun. They get together and help each other, you know, which <laughs> sounds a little crazy. But, like, that's what they enjoy. So, you know, that's what they do. Um, and I know some people that are, like, in their 70s that are still playing woodwind instruments yeah. and stuff like that. So like you can do it for a very, very long time. Um, how much competition's out there for getting a gig? A lot. Yeah. Because, right. wow. um, well, there's, there's a lot of working musicians out there. Um, a lot of cover bands on the tribute bands, which a lot of venues want to book because people want to hear what they know, which is understandable. Um, but then the other thing nowadays technology is made possible is uh, well, DJs come in, they can just spin stuff for mm -hmm. uh, relatively sure. cheap. Right. Um, and then a, a lot of like one or two man sort of band situations where it's like a dude with just a guitar and vocals and he's got like a box that can, you know, play Take rhythms up yeah, or whatever it, okay. or they're looping and, and that sort of thing. So that sort of thing makes it, yeah, bands in there. And of course, there's always the, the thing, the venue wants the musicians to bring all the people. Yeah, right. And certain certain gigs, that makes sense. Other gigs where if it's like a restaurant, bar sort of atmosphere, musicians really should be there to just cre create an environment. Yeah. Additionally to what you're offering your patrons as far as food and drink and that sort of thing yeah right you know if you're if you're expecting to fill your restaurant because of the guy that's playing music that you keep telling to turn down <laughs> <laughs> then you know that's you know that, that's uh, i was not the correct i was having a problem with that like if you go we just had the 30-year reunion at, at, at Trails Ed, and like music makes for a good time it's fun to hear the music but like if i'm gonna go somewhere and hear music like i almost want to go and enjoy the music it's like i don't take girls on dates to the movies because that's counterproductive for me like I, i'm gonna take this person that i don't know that well go to a movie sit there for two hours and don't say a fucking word to this person and i watch this movie that, that seems like a dumb date so like it seems like if you're going to go somewhere to listen to music, like it's got to be the most annoying thing in the world to be a guy playing music and they're talking about their day at work in front of you. Like, hey, really? Like, it's Yeah, and it's it's okay if you know your role once you go into the gig. And, you know, there's there's times where I, I love that. Like if I'm going into a restaurant or some, some aspect where the band is part of the environment and not the focus, it's it's an I don't want to say it's an easy gig, but it's a low pressure gig. So I know I'm going in there, and I'm not the main focus. And the eyes are on you, right? I'm right. creating an oral environment for people. I never to thought have music about that way, right? Right. So I know what my role is there. I can accept it. Um, it's when you say, "Hey, come to my show, pay yeah. me five, ten bucks, or whatever it right. is," right. and they come in, and you're playing, and you're playing for them. And they're talking, or oh, sure, know, sure, sure. Then sure. you're like, right, right, why did you come? 
sure, you know, sure, like, sure, you sure, paid sure, your sure. money. You know why you yeah why right, you talking right right you're standing uh, in front of me you're supposed to be watching you know paying attention to what we're doing for sure right so you know it's as as long as the musician and the venue know each other's role you know, can work out yeah right, you know, right, that, right I mean okay. that's no problem for me I've I've done plenty of restaurant gigs and things like that now the the scene how is that like okay so like you know there's been all these different. Uh, scenes as far as like you know you've got the you know seattle scene with the you know nirvana and allison chains and all that coming out of there pearl jam and stuff um and then like chicago had its scene as far as like a chicago scene uh you know we're kind of like south suburbs and stuff like that uh what what is there a scene anymore is there you know like are there artists yeah, that you um, see all the time and yeah um you know chicago gets all the all the problems focus. Right. But uh, for the past, you know, since the early 2000s, there's been development in Joliet, a large sort of group of us musicians and artists and things within this south suburb area uh, have been sort of building this scene since the early 2000s, and a lot of it is focused around. Um, large, you know, Chicago Street Pub, across from the Rialto Square Theater. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, that's it. Sure. So, um, there's a, a couple that owns that uh, that pub, uh, Kathy and Mike Trisna, and back in the earlier days, uh, a fellow named John Condren, who's a, a singer songwriter, a great singer songwriter. They own the three of them uh, owned that pub. Uh, and I was in a band called Stone City Stragglers, and uh, and there had been a scene developing around this pub uh, in the early 2000s. They were supporting a lot of local musicians, singer-songwriters who were writing original material. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's in the South Suburbs, really difficult to find a venue that will host original music acts. They sure. all want tribute and cover bands, and right? Because they know that the music's going to be what they think it's going to be, right? Uh, yeah, go ahead and finish this, but I got yeah. a question because, like, it seems like if you had original stuff, they'd really want to listen to, like, do they got to listen to a whole damn set of what you're going to do? Yeah, well, they would host, like, open mics. Um, they have, like, not the guy's name, but there's a guy who has, like, a small, like, publishing company who was doing, like, poetry readings and slams and stuff. Who also did stuff. Um, these out this way um but so the, it was kind of this uh really creative atmosphere it still is so okay it's still around. um but uh that really small hub started developing then in a sense just grown into like all these folks have have been growing up and getting into positions where they could speak with people within Joliet's municipal okay. control, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, and make things happen downtown there where they're hosting like big events like this New Orleans North thing they have every year, and now the prison development where they have musicians play there. and um, So it's really kind of expanding where a lot of these this contingent of musicians that have been playing there over the past, I don't know, I guess it's almost two decades. 
um, has really grown into a scene. Um, that's now, when it's a scene like that, it, are they all playing something that's similar? Like, I mean, if you listen to Alice in Chains and you listen to Nirvana, it's kind of similar. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this. Um, a lot of it is this singer-songwriter vibe. At least, kind of like. Now that I think about it, there's kind of like two waves that have been happening. Um, and within the past, I don't know, five years or so, there's like maybe even ten, a, sort of a second wave of people. Whereas at first there was a lot of the singer-songwriter, somewhat Americana sort of thing coming out of the area. <clears throat> now um, there's a more eclectic okay. blend of stuff. Um, there's a place uh, that's been having music they call the Drunken Donut. Um, that is. Uh, I gotta get out more. It's an interesting place. It's a it's a Polish deli bakery liquor store by day. By night they have music, stand up nice. comedy, yeah. open mic, punk acts, hardcore acts. What else is that? Drunken Donut. It's in Joliet. Okay. I can't remember. I'll look exactly. it up. Yeah, no, that, that sounds interesting. But uh, so there's been a whole slew of folks coming through that sort of scene, not through Chicago Street, that, that's like a different eclectic thing happening in Juliet. Some of it's cross pollinating, some of it doesn't. But, um, but yeah, it's been a really cool thing to see over the past. It, it would be pushing. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've been part of some event which is really cool right um, now anything anything take off anything anyone out of like the local stuff like you'd be like oh wow that really worked out well you know like even, getting there's so much major weird, label signage well or yeah see like, like there's that like there's there's so many angles like you could you know being a working artist like there's people in film that needs like there's you know like there's just so much different stuff i mean is everybody's route trying to get signed by a major label or something like that is that the route that everybody's trying to be no i don't i don't think so no. I, I think i think most us musicians realize these days that that's, that's no right that's, that's super tough right yeah that's that's not really a so much a thing even anymore i think a lot of i mean people i talk to say it's, it's all indie you know self put out or whatever um which is is it that do you feel that's better for the art like so like you know when it was so commercialized at one time like you know every label was just looking for the next Motley Crue the next Motley and then you got Poison and it always seems to be that when you get one of those things where it's going a certain way like you had all the hair bands and stuff like that for me it always seemed to be like it starts to be a copy of a copy of a copy and then it ends up being this like really goofy thing after a while because it gets distorted into like this mess and that's the industry because they're just looking for the next Molly crew and then you know you've got uh right right not good uh so uh so i mean is that kind of thing is kind of gone now where it's so indie People can really do what's in their heart, right? They can do their own art. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that is the beauty of it. Also, too, flip side of that is there is a certain beauty to the fact that it was 
if you did get signed and you properly managed uh, your content well, um, had good management, which I, it's probably rare, but uh, you can make a living off of it then. You know, they're going to back you, they're going to make Boy, sure they're going to market you. Right. Like, you there's so get, much involved. Actually, paid. You know, this is like now, you know, it's so tough. You almost you have to have a backup plan, I would think. Like, you can't expect that it's it's gonna last. You gotta be a hustler. <laughs> you right. gotta just go now, for it. Are there people like that are out there trying to like? Um, there's a couple of shows on that are like uh, comedian based, and there's always someone trying to be like a manager. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not a talented comedian, but they're like trying to get these comics and like book them into different things. Mm-hmm. Is there a guy running around that's like, hey man, I can manage you? Like, do you run into that? No. no. I, I tried to get one for the real long for a while. Yeah, right. No, it seems like that'd be the way to do it. Have some guy hustling yeah. for you. I didn't want anything to do with booking the thing. Fresh. Terms, play, whatever. And it's a lot of work. Like, plugging away at calling people and trying to sell yourself and sending out the one sheets and like calling back again. Hey, did you get that? Will you have us or, you know, trying to get the gigs and a lot of what I had to get over with in, in the early part of it was dealing with rejection. Do sure. I send this out? You know, you know, I, I was able to get us on XRT, but like I had to get over like a lot of like insecurity of like do i want to send this out to richard Bell and have him go this sucks you know yeah like, no, right, not right. This on or whatever you know but um you know, it worked out at a certain point i was like all they can say is no so i'm gonna send it out to whomever yeah right, right, right. that but, was my that was my theory on hitting on girls yeah can't, <laughs> it can't hurt hit on 90 percent no. of them and then you know <laughs> if eight of them <laughs> say right, right. say no then there's still one <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I tried uh, to get several different books. Yeah, I figure that if that's on a commission, it's in this guy's best interest to hustle his ass off. And he doesn't have to practice an instrument or any of that kind of shit. He can just like get out there and try and push something. Yeah, to get his gigs. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that never panned out. Um, but, but maybe it's really fast. A lot. Now, what about like uh, I see people that get gigs as like you know as just a working artist, right? So like th- these guys need a drummer, they pick up this guy. This guy, these guys need a bass guitarist, and they pick up this guy to do whatever they do. I mean, you know, I don't know what like I don't know how that industry works. Is there, like, you know, you would think that if you were in California where there's all kinds of movie stuff going on, you'd have a better shot at, like, picking up something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are there studios out in Joliet and stuff like that that are putting together? Like, you can go in there and be a studio artist? Well, I have a friend. His name is Bill Aldridge. I'm going to shout out to my He owns Third City Sound in Joliet. Um, he runs a studio there. He records a lot of local apps and things um but other than that i'm not i don't know all other studios in julie i'm sure there are there are other home studios in like the Linux area and they, they, 
I've heard of. Um, I have a couple of friends. One in particular, Bear Harvey, fantastic drummer, uh, who was uh, or is maybe he still does some, but did a lot of commercial work. Okay. Her actual commercials that you see on TV yeah. and stuff. And, and I had a conversation with him not that long ago, and uh, he was talking about how that industry is drying up because the technology is available for singular composers you know, to basically develop the music all themselves so that right. there isn't a need to have a band of musicians come in and play the parts. They can kind of do it themselves. And I think it's the companies too don't want to pay as much. So like they pay the, they have a smaller budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much of it, like, like when you're like, if you were to give advice to there's a, you know, 20 year old you and you're like all right man so what would you how would you guide him to like you know uh i tell my sons you know smart people learn from their mistakes wise people learn from other people's mistakes so like what would you tell them like what what angles would you take to to get to you know uh getting that manager and getting more gigs and like you know doing it uh you know making it bigger as far as that goes Probably, yeah, don't be afraid of the uh, the rejection early on. Yeah, you know, right, like, right. Just try to get get it out there. The Go. info out there and, and get right. the gigs out there. I'm going to play a, one yeah. thing that here that sure. came off of. And oh. this was this was what I was talking about. Okay, yeah, that's, that is me on vocals. Is that? It's my, I doing, sound like a figure. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing my best Tom Waits impression. Is that? Okay. Okay. Is that what? Okay, all right. I like some Tom Waits stuff, and I didn't, uh, didn't know. It's cool sounding for sure. Well, I'm just playing a four time. Okay. And that's. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was kind of surprising. I was like, now, okay, so now would you consider that that's surf, right? That there is that rockabilly. I don't know how you categorize that. But, you know, Tom Waits is kind of known as a an Americana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roots. And Tom Waits has got that like he's so he's fucking like, weird, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, eclectic's a nice word for it, but he's weird. Yeah. He had that. Uh, he had some like show that was called Fishing with Tom or something like that, and he would like take like Johnny Depp and like go on a boat and That's like great. they would fish and catch almost nothing. The entire time and they're on like some like sea scrag like this like beat the shit like you know this this the, like you almost look at him you're like oh my god they look like they could just drift off the sea and starve yeah. to death <laughs> uh yeah, yeah no it was it, it's got to be 20 years ago and it was just it was almost like the guest didn't know what the hell it was kind of like a between two ferns sort of oh, thing yeah. where the people are like it's not right. Although we're doing here, you watch any interview and you don't know what. It's doing. No, That's what he's no. just a fantastic. Right, 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 right. And there's some stuff that I that I like from Tom Waits, and there's definitely some stuff that I've listened to that been like, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that's a one-time thing that I'm gonna yeah. do there. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I I thought that was pretty cool, and definitely the uh, okay. you know the drum and the guitar stuff is it sounds really really. Uh, but so okay, so 
and I, I like things that are different. Like it's, it, it's a it, like music is it, it's so weird. There's there there's certain songs that work as far as like listen to Magic 104 when we were kids, and it's just a basic ooh, melody, and they're singing a song. That's all fine. Like all that, like Phil Spector stuff in the beginning, and then like our Spectre and and but then like you get into other stuff where the sounds are, uh, you know, like just different. Like I mean, the, the I don't think people understood how insane like the Pink Floyd stuff was with the wall and this stuff. They were using things that weren't right. They weren't instruments. They were using clocks. And, you know, yeah. cash registers and stuff like that. So, like, uh, you know, thinking outside the box like that, you know, that that's that's something that that's wild for sure. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I mean, you know, you're always still chasing this elusive. You know, we're gonna. Do you ever like? There's got to be musicians out there that have like, you know, run across like. You know, you're just a drummer, but you run across, or you're just a guitar guy, but you run across Amy Winehouse. Now you're, you know, on the big. Right, 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 right. I mean, like, are you ever out scouting for that, uh, like, superstar to, like, you know, get in with the band? Or, <laughs> yeah, right, to um, coattail it all the way? Or? No, I don't necessarily, like, seek, I don't think I've ever really sought that out. If, I, if I've seen local artists that, have impressed me you know i'll definitely let them know hey that was a great show the other night. yeah right 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 um in fact like going back to this old country band i was in the stone city stragglers right went out one night with i worked at threshold records at the time went out with my co-worker who was dating this girl named allison maroney at the time and uh, we went to go see uh, this band called Milkplow, early 2000s, um, whom we knew this local band, and they were fantastic. We thought for sure they were going to get signed at some point. And uh, my, my friend's um, girlfriend ended up sitting in with the band towards the end of the show and started singing. I was like, oh my God. She's got like a, this fantastic voice. Killer voice, right? And I had just started um, jamming uh, with this guy, Brent James, who started this whole country band. I had never been in a country band before. I didn't know anything about country, but he asked me to be in it. I was like, sure, man. And uh, he was looking for a female vocalist to join the group. And so at some point after me seeing her, Seeing and hearing, you know, her sing, I was like, you know, I'll ask her, I don't know if she's interested or not. Yeah. Kind of reason to ask her at some point. So, yeah, she ended up being in the band, you know, so that was really cool. Right. And then, uh, yeah, you know, um, I've been asked to be in projects and I've sought out projects. Um, because, you know, I found them interesting or whatever. Recently, uh, a band that I've played with, not drummed with, but have been on the same bill with, uh, they lost their drummer. And I approached them and said, hey, there's something going on. You guys, you guys have gigs that you need to fulfill. Yeah. 
the drummer seems to have left or something. Um, I like what you guys do. If you guys need a hand, if there sure, any sure. commitments or whatever, right. I'm happy, you know, whatever, to help you out. Um, so I've been jamming with them. So um, I don't like wedge myself into anything, but if an opportunity arises. Oh, I think you gotta make natural. yourself available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think yeah, a lot right. of people don't necessarily know that if I'm interested in it. Yeah, right. Because right, I'm in right. several projects probably at least too busy <laughs> yeah right well or something You're can you ever really be either. right really be too busy as far as that goes like i mean i understand you know you got family life and you got the other job and everything else but like yeah it seems like every opportunity is an opportunity to it's almost like an opportunity like an invite to a party it's like an opportunity to go have a good time yeah yeah so, another opportunity to be creative in another fashion you know with a different group of people and see what comes up what was it as far as like uh, socially or, uh, you know, there's a lot of industry out there that uh, I'm a real estate broker and I genuinely, you know, like uh, social media works like this. If I post something and you like it and people comment on it, well, it keeps getting recirculated, right? So like one, 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 somebody that's in real estate that I know you know, post their thing. I mean, you know, it gets a little annoying when it's like every time she farts next to a real estate client, she's got to post about it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, anyway, you know, I understand you're trying to drum up work or whatever like that. But I always try and like it or, you know, maybe comment or something like that because that helps that person along yeah. uh, where there are a lot of people in the industry that they put on a smiley face but you know, it's the what's that the, the Motown song, "Smiling Faces," where they're yeah. Well, no, that's the Smokey Robinson. <laughs> Which one? The, the smiling faces, uh, where they're, oh. they're they're smiling at your face, but like they're, they're you know they're that's actually right. dicks. Uh, right. You know, like they you know they're they act like they're okay, but they really every single person they look at, like if they see somebody get a. You know, half a million dollar listing, they're actually inside just green and upset and everything else. Is the music industry like that? I mean, or is it like everybody's pretty cool? Because I like to be around people that are cool as far as that goes. Like, even with the real estate stuff, I don't have a jealousy thing. Like, some of my good friends sell way more real estate than I do. And great, man. That's great. Yeah. You're my friend, so I don't care how that works out. But, uh, I mean, I sell, maybe it's because I sell enough to get by or work out or whatever like that. But the music stuff, is, is there a cutthroat aspect to it as far as that goes? Because everyone's scratching to get somewhere. Sure. I mean, I'm not like in the industry so much. So I can't. No, and you, you've been really cool. Right. You've been really cool, though, about like you've dropped all kinds of names. You know, yeah. as far as people go here just now. So, yeah, there's there's a local scene here that's really, um, I would say, friendly. Um, I, you know, I, I've never run into anybody that's been it's not egregious. A mean, it's, not a, it's not a mean girls club or anything like no. that. People are like, oh, they suck. You know, every every once in a while, you know, someone might get upset about, like, you know, I wish I would have been on that bill or something like that, maybe. But that's kind of normal. Um, but yeah, you know, the only time I really ran into that was younger when like you're rehearsing weekly with a group of guys and like, it's this 
Three Musketeers all for one, one for all, like, this is the band, and we're married to each other, and this sort of thing, yeah. but all the people that I'm playing with these days, we're, we're all kind of older, you know, like, we all got other jobs, and, like, we're not, like, chasing after, like, getting signed or anything. Right. So there's this kind of uh, <laughs> open relationship to... in various things. Sure. You know, everybody's kind of playing in various projects. Everybody's got eclectic tastes. They want to play with, you know, this singer-songwriter, and then they want to go maybe play in this kind of heavier rock band later. Or, you know, they're going to do this weird experimental thing every once in a while and then they're gonna play some hardcore and right, stay right, right. with this other band or something there seems to be such like uh, obviously there's levels to everything but like it seems like if you know if you're you know Eric Clapton or you're you know one of these you know like a like a you know big time successful band like, I mean, like I would listen to like Cage Elephant and stuff like that lately and stuff like it seems like if you do the, the monetary change is so different as far as like you're either a guy working for a couple hundred dollars on a gig or you're a guy making millions of dollars there seems to be yeah right 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 there seems to be very, very much middle ground like you know there's not any mid-level like yeah I make a few hundred thousand dollars but yeah. I mean there, there are some some good to learn here that like I, I tried to get the real gone in with like talent broker agencies that had like some sort of bands that are say, in between where like maybe the real gone would be in like, like major label acts. So they're like yeah. these, these bigger working bands that get like a lot of work. Yeah, you see with CD and me and stuff like that. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you know, right, so like right. they're working a lot. Maybe the guys have day jobs, but like, they're working. Sure. So, um, there are guys that are in this other like a pool where they can make a living but they're yeah right right yeah um the the name of the the business group was that that was the group that I went to they have like they have several like entities like musical entities that they would uh you know, tailor to whatever a client, whatever their needs are. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It's like a really smart. But okay, so that you're 44 years old. You've pretty much like... Oh, oh January. There you go. Okay. Yeah, right. 49, hey, I don't want to make you any older, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, but uh, so like you've got your influences and stuff like that. You've got the directions that you like to go in. Who were the... What's the biggest influences on you as far as music goes? What's what what bands? What the, or you know, I mean, artists even. Yeah, what? yeah. Um, wow, it's really hard to say because um, I'm a graphic designer by day, so I'm sitting there all day long, and um, all I do is hunt the music. I'm always on the lookout for new to me stuff, um, whether it's old uh, 78 RPM yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, um, 
that I can that I collect those or stream on Spotify, on Spotify and YouTube kind of all day listening to music, um, mm-hmm. field recordings, you know, Africa, or it's jazz or you know country like cash style country. Yeah. Um, Haggard. Yeah. Hank. Classic single name. Yes, right, 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 right. Um, or now I just got you're saying Hank Williams, right? I got, yeah, I've got hundreds of playlists on my spot. Sure, profile, and it's all over the map. Um, so it's hard to nail down an influence. I could talk, I could speak to like what kind of informed me, like in my development. Yeah, so what, yeah, what, would be, like what were your influences as far as that goes? Because so, like, early drummers on, odd to me as far as that goes. Like, like you can – the drummer thing, like, I would think that that's, like, different as far as music goes. Like, I mean, uh, you know, my sons just looked up – we were just looking up the number one – like, I don't know who was rating them – the number one drummer or something like that. And they had, like, you know, the top ten drummers of all time. Uh, and then, like, we looked up – the I think bottom was number one on there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and then they they we did the bass players where like Flea was number two and stuff like that. We did uh, the lead guitar and then vocals and stuff like that. Well, Zeppelin was pretty much like the highest rated with all of them. They were like in the top. I want to say their bass player was number six. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest you know rating of them all. Uh, Page and Plant were obviously you know highly ranked also, and Bottom being number one with drums. So like. And bottom was obviously for me like wow you know like it was the playing barehanded and stuff like that like amazing you know wild stuff and then another one that was like stuck with me with the drums i think the drums stuck out in the song was that uh, iron butterfly the god of the vita oh, yeah. like is it just the drums because 17 minutes or whatever it yeah. is of drums you know just right I mean, they're they're not in it's not intricate you know a lot of that too no the production right, right. quality and yeah. how they mix it you know, but you just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just plowing through, right, like just right, driving right, the tune. Right. And, you know, it's not even a fast song, but it's just driving. Yep. It's propelling. Sure, sure, sure. Of the right. So, yeah, so who were your, who were your, the so, guys you looked up to? Yeah, er, early on, you know, I was, uh, when I was first learning how to play, it was um, Adventures. I, at the time, I didn't know what No, okay. Then is so I would play it along to now the ventures. What what would be the what would be the song that everyone would know from the ventures? Probably walk and run. Okay. Um, right, right. Surf rock stuff, and then the, yeah. what, the um, other one that you named was the the wipeout guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's about the safaris. Yeah. No. Um. Of course, every kid wants to play White Hog. Yep. Um, it was uh, other sort of Magic 104 stuff where I would just play. Right. Um, one of the first um, albums I got was uh, Shout Out the Devil by Motley Crue. Um, Tommy Lee, I'd seen him on the NTV and I wanted to yeah. be like Tommy Lee. We saw him at Alpine Valley and he was in the cage. Yes. His underwear. So, spinning right. and everything else, you know. So um, I would play along to uh, Shot at the Devil first, then move down to Fast for Love. 
once Girls, Girls, Girls came out, mm-hmm. I can go along with that. Yeah, sure. You know, it just hit me, hit me that long. I didn't even think about him as far as like looking for him on that list. Like, uh, he's a solid player, you know. Like, I don't, yeah, didn't get enough credit, I don't think, but I, I love that two best of love album. Like, his playing on that and the songwriting, the, the pop ear, that, that transition from the 70s into the 80s, they had like a little bit more glitter rock, 70s rock, sure, sure, writing sure. style. Yeah. I love that album, but um. Moving on from there, the first album I think I, I bought with my own money uh, might have been Big Boy's Epic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, and that was a terrific, uh, that was one of the ones that like really caught me because Faith No More was different. That was not, certainly not your normal Morning style of playing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very influenced by, by hip-hop and rap. Right. A lot of times right. he's not playing hi-hat, he's playing these rhythms across the toms where it's just large impact. Just right. hammering away. And uh, so that was an interesting different style. For a while I was um, playing along to the album Among the Living. Okay. That was it. Um, my brother Sean was really into Metallica. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they kind of freaked me out for a while. So, yes, yes. But eventually, I I fell into it and uh, we play along to kill them all. Yeah, right, right, right. All those tunes. On oh no, I just saw Metallica in concert like four or five times, and well, you know they had everything. We had you knew every. Metallica song by heart, you know, Master yeah. of Puppets and all, yeah. you know, all that stuff. No, it was all terrific uh, stuff. But that's got to be a Metallica was another one that when it first, like, Kill 'em All, when I first got that, I was like, whoa, this is totally different than, you know, the rock that we were listening to. Like, this was yeah. like the uncut shit. This was like, you know, pure cocaine. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, those guys had to be on a lot of speed because, like, it was just fast. I understand they were beer guys. Oh, really? They Good weren't Lord. at that time. Um, and uh, what they were responding to was stuff that Lars was into over from overseas, yeah, like right, Motorhead right, right. and uh, these other artists that were doing this faster, Motorhead, stuff. yeah, the Ace uh, of Spades, yeah, right. Um, so I guess uh, at that point in time, once I started getting into Metallica, some of Sean's friends were super cool at that point in time. They were probably, they were in high school. Uh, I was either just beginning high school or maybe in eighth grade or something like that, but um, probably just beginning high school. At any rate, um, they would come over with the guitars or bass uh and uh, jam with me. They were cool enough to like jam with me. Right. Three, four years older than me. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and I was this young kid. Um, uh, there was the, I don't know if you knew, the Yates Brothers. Oh, uh, yes. yes, yes, yes. So Chris played guitar, Mike played bass, come over and jam. Nice. So that that helped me out a lot. Like, they, I'm sure they don't know, but like, as a young, growing musician, playing with other people is important. You know, sure. The communication that happens, just learning how right. putting together a song, even if we're playing, we would, we would just play Sabbath and Metallica and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Um, 
Scott. Uh, Scott. Scott's Scott. Dang it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> and I and I see him every once in a while. He's he's married to another. Spacel. Um. He would come over, and he was he was more talented than the Yates Project. He, he would write his own material. Nice. And then wow. so like he was writing, and then like we were creating stuff and I was really young and I yeah, right, right, you know, right. I had just been playing to like yeah, other things great. so that was really cool and we recorded on tape we come over he was open to my ideas you know yeah what a good use of time compared to what some people screen. yes right 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 <laughs> well the screen time thing oh my god I am seriously like I've, I've curtailed it as far as that goes, but my screen time, like, I've got to get it down. Like, oh my gosh. I'm not that bad, but, like, I do find myself, like, checking my phone, checking my phone over nothing. Like, dude, stop looking at your fucking phone. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Uh, and kids nowadays, my sons are super, super busy all the time, but boy, if they are not, they are looking at the screen. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's too much. Thing. Like, I don't yeah. know what to do. Well, they say it's the check in the refrigerator of yeah, the of the two thousands or whatever, right? Because I mean, when we were kids, you'd go to the refrigerator, nothing in there, and go back again. But um, no, so those are cool stories as far yeah. as like being as a kid having that you know sort of outlet, and then you know, I, I think you're as a little guy, you're immediately treated like you're cool because you can play the you know that thing. Yeah. I remember seeing people that I thought were like not cool, mm-hmm. and then like. He had a guitar, and I'm like, holy shit, you totally play, like, you know, yeah. like... And don't um, get me wrong, like, having two older brothers, I was treated like the younger brother mm-hmm. for a long extended period of time, yeah, right. even when I did start playing the drums. But, you know, um, you know, having some people come over and recognize, and, oh, he's got something to offer. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, know, that's right, right, no, that's great. Deal, you know, right. so that it was really good for, personally, like, like self-confidence. Yeah, and, that, and I mean... Actually, you know, girls and stuff like that. It's always cool to have like, you know, something going on as far as you have something you can do as, as far as that goes. Where most of us couldn't do shit. You know, we were like running around like I mean, you know, like getting in fights and just doing dumb shit just, just yeah. because you didn't have that sort of thing. So you know, I would definitely encourage parents to get their kids involved, something like that. It's the one thing that I didn't do with my sons that I kind of wish I did. I wish they had some sort, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day as far as that goes too. Yeah, and I always tell people too when they when, when they speak to that that uh, you know it's never too late. You're not dead. You mm-hmm. know if if you're you have the faculties. Right, right, right. You know, right. Go ahead and do it. I I started taking violin lessons when I came home from college because one of the teachers at college said I had good like violin form and nice. I'd never taken a lesson, but, um, for, uh, one of my buddies to, uh, to pass one of his courses or whatever, he's got to like, he had to teach a lesson, you know, in front of the teacher or whatever. It's yeah. for your education degree or something. Um, and she had, she had thought that I had played before. She had kind of accused me wow. in not so many words of like, being a player, 
And I was like, no, I'm a drummer. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And um, because of that, I was like, well, maybe this is something. Maybe I should do something. Like that. So, yeah. You know, but how does that translate? Because right? I know, like, if a guy can play the piano, he can sort of play another instrument and stuff like that. Because it's just, you know, keys and stuff like that. But, like, drums, like, that doesn't translate the same, right? No. No. It's difficult. Right. Yeah, right. like, so I've tried to pick up mallet instruments before, and even though that's a percussion instrument, melodically my brain just couldn't really pick up on that in a way that other people do. Um, and even the violin, I, you know, I stopped getting lessons because of financial reasons. I still have it. But um, it's also very difficult, and I didn't just keep up on it. Sure, sure, I didn't sure, put sure. in the time, like I did right. with drums. Um, but, um, you say you did the, the transition from playing drums into oh, something else. Yeah, so we do, we do have a piano in the house now, um, but I, I have to say it's a whole lot easier. It's immediate. I could look at it, and I know where C is, mm -hmm. and I know where I could figure out the rest of the notes from there, and, you know, hit it and get something out of it. Yeah, right. Um, whereas with a mallet instrument, you have to work out the technique in your hand, to then strike the note, and you're limited on how many notes you can get. But, sure, sure, you sure. Know, two mallet technique is hard enough. Three and four mallets, which some people do, yeah, it's insane. I've tried to do it. I've, I've heard like people like on like you know xylophone or something like that. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're doing. It almost it's, it's almost from Mars to as far as stuff like that goes. What sort of uh, like the general public? Um, you know, obviously, you you know, you have it out there on social media and stuff like that. And that's got to be a better marketing tool than we had 20 years ago. But so if, they, if someone's listening to this and they're like, you know, I've got a, a you know wedding coming up, I've got a you know thing for my work thing, and we need music there. What kind of gigs would you look for? Like, what if someone came and said, hey, you know, you had that the drummer guy on there, and he's got a band, and I was thinking, you know rockabilly or surf or something like that would work out good like what what kind of any kind of gig really would you know they they could contact you and like yeah the real gone we um we have three cents worth of people we could play okay. like the one hour sets okay um and that's often what we do so, so we'll fill uh, an event with music unless they just do a single set yeah okay. right but um, you know, we've done birthday parties. We've done um, we played at tribes for years since they were um, Galway tribes in Frankfurt. Okay. So Niall over there has been a great supporter of us. Right. So someone's got the Catalina wine mixer. You can uh, yeah. <laughs> play the. <laughs> so um, uh, we've I mean we've done all sorts of street fast, um, and we've also played up in the city just for like regular rock shows at rock venues where we're just playing on set right on a multiple bill sort of thing now you ever see anybody but, like that like i know they made you know like in like i was just referring to step brothers where they kind of you know they had a catalina wine mixer and they had like a billy joel you ever did you ever run across a band and i don't name or anything like that but that you were like really like, because I mean, that was they were making a joke that it was only '80s Billy Joel that they were playing or whatever like that. But like, do you ever run across someone and you're like, 
No, that can't be a thing. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably blocked them out. But yeah, of course, there's always there's always certain bands where you're like, why why book this? You know, there's yeah. been plenty of times where I've played in the city where they what they'll often do is they'll stack the bill in hopes that it's going to draw more people. So you'll have three, four, five bands in a single night. Okay. Um, and they're hoping to just cram their venue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I understand, but at the same time, if you just had maybe two bands that played a little bit longer so you can actually develop a set and, yeah. and pull, draw people in with a good quality set right um and also you know only book the bands that you know, either have something to offer quality wise or even if they're not quality but have a good following and you know that from the outset um i think people would have a much better time than than sitting and only hearing a half hour of a band and then sure sure the sure uh, and then all those bands kind of get screwed because the the, the money pot is split between God, right. how many people right. and how many bands and it really kind of sucks you know yeah man it's got to be something too like how much equipment does it take to get the real gone somewhere like i mean i guess like a van somebody loads up and then um well we all have you know pretty much driven separately yeah you know, okay gigs just because everybody's got so unless we would play like far away and we're driving a few hours I'll come there separate. Right, right, right. But most of the time, I mean, most of the gigs we've been doing have been in the burbs here for the most part. Right, so far. Because, like, and also that's a lot of where we're actually doing off budget. Up in the city. They're not so much willing. Right, right. So. Well, if anybody out there's got a gig, you know, uh, contact me. I'll definitely put you in contact with Brett or look for Brett on. Uh, social media and stuff like that. I mean, uh, otherwise, I don't know, we're an hour and a half in, man. Uh, come back sometime when you got something else cooking and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. talk about it. Uh, plug one more oh, yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. just because it's timely. Um, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Dan Dory, he's a comic book artist and graphic illustrator. Um, he asked me to be in a project with him about, I guess, a year ago now. Um, we just finished an album. He wrote all the songs. Okay. So me, him, and this guy, uh, Anthony, um, I would butcher his last name, so sorry, Anthony. <laughs> um, but uh, just finished record that will be coming out soon. Um, there's a uh, single called uh, Bad Idea. The called Bad Idea. Oh. And uh, yeah, there's something up. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll try to check that out too. Uh, yeah, and then like, uh, what's your what's the next gig for you? What's what, like, where can I go to hear uh, you guys play? You somewhere in Joliet or something like that? Or right now we don't have anything booked, okay. unfortunately. Um, we just finished up the last sort of picking. Dan, uh, the Dan Doherty project played up in uh, Grand Rapids last weekend. We can go for uh, the Real Gone finished up our um, summer season. So yeah, let me know. We're open. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, good. Yeah, that too. Let me know. Uh, you know when you do, and I'll I'll definitely try and trips out and uh, pitch them. Uh, I mean, you know, there's I'm connected with 1,300 or some. I don't know how many people on social media. So 
you know, if anyone has anything, throw it our way. Um, again, guys, subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. Um, I'm not going to harp on that anymore. Like, I don't really care about it. I like to have the conversations. I like to talk to people who, you know, do something that, like, to me, I know it's, like, probably, like, one of the biggest obstacles would be, like, if you were independently wealthy, not, like, wealthy, but, like, if you had enough money where you didn't have another job, you could focus everything on that, you know, that would make for better. But, it's like, to me, that's not, like, it is what it is. Um, I like to talk to people who do something that they're passionate about. And I don't care if it's, uh, I don't care if it's like, you know, you have a job where you work, you know, for, uh, I don't know, whatever, like doing, I, I can't think of anything like say it's mundane or, you know, like you're, you're just a fireman or something like that, but you have this other thing that you're really into. I'll talk about the other thing you're really into yeah. all for, you know, for however you like to. Um, the music thing to me is always, it's something that someone has to develop. And, but once you develop it, like no one can ever take that away from you as far yeah, as that absolutely. goes and you can go do it. Um, so, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. I, I, I dig it. Uh, I should go out and like, I, I pretty much just reach out to whoever, like, you know, like bunch of just threw your name out there as far as that goes. And, I guess I've known your brothers for a while. Um, but like, you know, what are, you know, if you have something good cooking, like, let me know. I'll yeah. gladly mention it on another podcast. I don't care. But, uh, um, but anyway, so like, you know, I, I do this for the conversations. I, I like to have the conversations. Um, it'd be nice to have more subscribers. If somebody that's friends with Brett, listen to this, please click subscribe. That'd be great. If not, whatever. But, uh, What's your call? Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it was interesting. I haven't had a drummer on, and I had a lot of drummer questions as far as, yeah. like, I'm not, you know, wasn't really sure how that, like, you know, uh, you had to drive your parents nuts. You know, yeah, my drums were up in my room. Oh, yeah, that's great place for them. Yeah, and uh, up on the second floor, and uh, I would usually, well, luckily, um, they didn't come home to work from work till late. But I would usually come home from school, and what I would typically do, um, and I started playing roughly in the sixth grade, what I would do is typically come home, do my homework, watch an MTV, yeah. uh, and then go up in my room. Well, that's or music music it. Yeah. yeah, watch the videos, the top 20 video count. Mm -hmm. um, and I would play for hours, two to three hours. Right, right. Usually. Now, did you have, like, I saw guys... When I was, we were kids, that had like the soft pads that they could yeah, play and stuff band. like that. So they weren't like making so much noise. Yeah. Now, does that? Can you really get a feel for what it's going to sound like when you play on that? Or not what it sounds like, but what it's for is uh, mostly developing the rudiments, exercises, and things like that. Sure, you're, sure. Uh, you're sticking. Uh, I had one. Because <laughs> I begged my dad to get some drums. Yeah, right. right so right. when I finally got those, I was like, I need this. This is a piece of wood. But so I don't think cool. your parents were as cool as they were about it, too. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, once I reached high school, we went to the garage, band practice. Mm -hmm. Bands right. Yeah, your parents were never like, all right, this can only happen from this time to this time because we're not going to listen to that stuff at 10 o'clock. Yeah, the neighbors do, you know. 
there had to been once or twice for countless Yeah. But it was also, you know, we had friends that would come along. It was like also a better place for us to hang out. Yeah. Rather than right, right. you know, getting wasted on somewhere or something. Sure. And also sure, sure. like a bunch of kids banging out some music. A lot helps. Yeah, I know. It's super cool, man. Super cool. Uh, what you call it? Yeah, I don't have anything else. I mean, uh, anything else that you want to talk about, uh, you know, as far as that goes? Like, you know, what, what, else do you, what, else do you, what else do you have as far as a drummer goes? If you're, like I said, the, the one thing I'd have is like, you know, time is goes by so fast and everything else. Like, if you could talk to a 20-year-old drummer. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say besides the rejection thing, like you um, know. Well, I got great advice. Uh, I was younger. One, my dad told me to like learn every style possible so that you could get home. Sure. Awesome. So um, that's gonna be a big one too. Like to have parents that were making even a little bit of money as a musician was that's pretty amazing. Like you know, you think that. That would definitely translate to, you know, you take that further as sort of as far as that goes, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I probably should have listened to him a little sooner and, and joined a working band earlier. Mm-hmm. Then like I was just in like original projects so all these bands were writing. Right, right, right. Songs. Um but yeah, if that would be another sort of thing is yeah, do the creative thing and have that, but also get a working band. You know, so that you can get money in your pocket. Um, the other advice that I got in college from my uh, percussion instructor, professor, um, I was getting requests to sit in on gigs in college that I wasn't so sure that I was cut out for jazz gigs and things like that. No. Right, jazz, right, right, sure. Um, and I was trying out for the Calypso band that they had there and other sorts of various different styles and stuff. He gave me the advice of if someone's coming to you and asking you, they obviously feel that you can handle it. So jump in. Dive in and just do it and figure it out and work at it and that sort of thing. So that was fantastic. Did a lot of things I wouldn't have otherwise done, you know, like join a jazz band, like mm-hmm. join an avant-garde, the ensemble, the Caribbean band, the country band. After right, I graduated. right, right. You know, I would dive into to anything that anybody give me any sort of inkling of, of them wanting me to be a part of. So, and that, and that's still today. Yeah. You know, if someone shows interest in, in me being a part of their product. Try to say yes. Right. Well, it's amazing what you thought was old. Like when you were, you know, 19 years old, you thought a guy that was 30, oh my God, you're so old. And then when you were 30, you're like, I'm not old at all. Like it's nothing. And then, you know, you think a guy that's, that's you know, 50 years old, when you become 50, like I'm, I'm not yet, but I mean, when I do, I'm not going to think that's old. I'm just going to be who I am. So, like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, my advice on everything, like even the podcast stuff. I'm not a, I'm 48 years old. Like, I was like, out of the hell with it. You know what I mean? I'll just go yeah, do it and, 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 and see what happens and, you right. know, find the people I meet and stuff like that, which I've been thrilled with it. Uh, so cool, man. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming out. And, uh, okay. you know, if you, uh, 
you said you did drive me a couple days. I'm actually going to take him down from you, the couple people you thought I should have on and all. I can give you a lot more, actually. Good, good, good. I know a ton of creatives that would be Conversations. Yeah. Good, good, good. People that are involved in lots of interesting things. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Like I said, subscribe, uh, what you call it, uh, and then uh, check us out, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah.